0: Welcome to Goddess Works, a podcast exploring goddess centered spiritual practice and the power of daily practice, as well as honoring the magic in the ordinary and the sacred in the everyday. This is Molly Reamer with 30 Days of Goddess and Bridges Grove. I'm a priestess, poet, and mystic who loves savoring everyday enchantment and ordinary miracles. Dear woman, dear woman running free, choosing her path carefully, stepping delicately on crunchy leaves, picking her way through rocky hillsides, cautious, aware, watchful, knowing. What's that? A sound. Her ear is tuned to the heartbeat of the earth. She walks in time with the wind, She is cleansed by raindrops and dew and the fire of her own sweet breath as she nestles with her fawn in secret places. She knows the dark privacy of the forest, the cool side of the mountain, the warm sun of the field. She knows the taste of grapes on her tongue, the feel of wind on her back, and the joy of leaping unbound. She may appear at times timid, and wary, yet she will not be boxed in, she will not be caged, she will not be fenced, she will dance wild and free, in moonlight, in sunlight, on stone and on grass, in field and valley, running, running, and calling your name. Come run with me, be free, leap the fences, leave behind that which is narrow and confining and sip the sweet raindrops by my side. Watch, pay attention, assess, gauge, be alert and cautious and run. Run like the wind, wherever the beat of your heart and Gaia's horn might lead. Welcome to this week's ritual for the Creative Spirit Circle from Bridget's Grove and for our everyday magic journey together. And uh, I invite you to take a nice deep breath and just allow yourself to come in. Come in to come into this time in this place, settling yourself into the, your body and to the easy flow of your own breath, just letting it move within you and feeling the opportunity for a pause here in the rhythm of a busy day, of a busy week, of a busy year, but right now at this moment, with this breath, not having anywhere else to go and nothing else to do. Dropping your awareness into your body and feeling how it is that you feel right now. And dropping into your own place of power within. Where do you feel that in your body? It's in your heart space, in your solar prep plexus, lower in your pelvis and your sacrum in your root, in your legs, in your feet. Wherever you feel that place of power, center yourself in that place now. And take another deep breath. And then extending your awareness out to the other members of this circle, in their times in their places all around the world going about their lives and their days, and yet weaving this network of connection together. And just gently touch their threads of this web we weave. And then drawing yourself back to your own core centered in your place of power today. So, for this week, I drew a card for the circle from uh, from our Woman Runes deck, and we received the winged circle. And I had actually already decided to open this week's ritual with my Dear Woman poem. Dear as in D-E-E-R, like the animal. I realized as I was re, uh, speaking it that maybe it seemed like I was saying Dear Woman, like I was writing a letter. But anyway, uh, I had chosen that poem. I, I don't often uh, read my own poems during Rituals, and I thought I would like to read one this week. And I'd chosen Dear Woman because I have been, I've re-implemented my own personal practice of visiting the woods every single day. You know, rain or shine or snow or wind or sun or whatever. And uh, I've re-implemented that personal practice, one that has been so vital to me over the last over many years and so restorative and nurturing and just like soul cleansing really to do that practice that simple practice of going to the same place in the woods and observing what there is to observe and then um, coming back to the house and it's like a reset button on my spirit essentially and I maintained that practice for several years and then perhaps when I had my last baby I sort of lost touch. Well and actually I've thought about it. It's after I started, um, it's after I built the tiny temple, after we built the tiny temple and I started using it for my rituals and ceremonies and gatherings and and it became, the tiny temple became kind of my check-in spot or my connection spot and I started to not go to the woods as often. And uh, also um, there was were some trees that were had uh, died and that we had to cut down and it left sort of a scarred place or almost left me with sort of a sense that I had betrayed the spot in the woods even though the trees were not alive anymore and they were dropping branches and they were, um, you know, it was not inappropriate to cut them down. But after we did cut them down, it left me with sort of a sense of like I'd betrayed my place or my space or in some way and or like I'd taken something from the woods instead of after all it had given to me after all they had given to me and then I'd just taken something from them so there was a little bit of a I guess a blip in that personal practice of visiting the woods and and uh, and I did other things instead and uh, this year after getting back from the beach I started to go down to the woods again every single day, and I'm, and I'm re-enchanted with that process and power and magic and mystery of touching base with and, and interacting with the same space day by day, and it is, um, you know, what I discover there is it's possible, you know, to make friends with the rocks, and the other thing I noticed just this morning was that the stumps of the trees that we've, that we cut... Uh, that I feel, you know, a, uh, a, uh, that sense of betrayal over, they have these mushrooms growing on them now and moss and vines and the scar, the scarred sensation has like softened back into the landscape and it was, it's... That's important to witness, too, how the scars soften and how the adaptations are made and how the stump becomes a place to sit and just that that evolution and and, uh, reclamation by the forest. So, anyway, uh, often in the mornings when I head down there, the... Uh, There's deer that are over either to the side of my back deck or they're already down in the woods really close to the rocks where I go to sit. And then I kind of, they have a tendency to, you know, they, they kind of run off through the woods and they do this snorty kind of blow thing as they run in the woods and uh, then they also stand. They'll just move a little farther away from where I am, and then they'll stand down there in the woods where I can still see them, and so they've been kind of keeping me company in a little way, or I've been noticing that, you know, it isn't just me that likes to visit that spot in the woods. There's plenty of other things that like to visit it too, and that brought me back to the Dear Woman poem, and I, uh, and that's why I want to share it initially, just because of that process of reconnection with the woods and then experiencing the deer there. But then I drew this the, the um, winged circle, the Rune of Freedom, and it perfectly connects to that poem because of the themes of freedom and wildness and listening to the, the call of the wild. So it ended up being a really nice overlap that I hadn't intended. So with regard to the winged circle the question this card brings up for me and for you is do you feel free and we have spoken about this in a recording last year and the um, that for me that question of do you feel free brings something up that really needs time and careful attention And so I ask it of you right now, but I also suggest that you hold that question with you over a period of days that do you feel free and see how your answer and your relationship to it changes with the choices that you make in any one day, in any one hour, in any one moment. Uh, but ad- in addition to this, in addition to the wing circle, is that ca- do you feel like you can expand yourself? Can you stretch your wings? Can you take chances? Is there something unknown that's waiting for you to leap off into it and fly? Uh, what are you liberating? What are you shaking loose? What are you unfurling? And what color are your wings? Like what, where, and how, and where, and what would help you feel like you can spread those wings and soar without feeling afraid. So I have found that, um, this, this card is also the rune of revolution. And, and, uh, so there might be something in your life that's calling out for revolution, like what needs revolution within your life, but also what is your revolution? What what is the re- the revolution that you are generating or causing or standing up for? You know what what is, what change in revolution are you speaking up for or becoming? And so I found that this rune will show up for me and also perhaps for you in an affirmation or an encouragement of your own freedom of spirit. So it may show up in a card layout or as a daily card draw because it's kind of like a, yeah, freedom, that's what we need, or, or you go with your freedom kind of affirmation. But it also might emerge when you're feeling bound or trapped and kind of desperate to break free, like your wings are beating against the walls of a cage or like you're, or like they are uh, curled up too tightly and they're unable to be stretched. And uh, so it may come up, you may be feeling a bound or trapped or, or desperate and that feeling that sensation of shaking everything off and flying away. So it might show up because you need to free your body, your mind, or your spirit from something that is constricting you, or it may show up in celebration of the freedom that you have claimed. So there is a couple ways to experience that rune and to put it into practice and exploration in your own life. And so... uh, So connect, so I invite you to consider those questions and think about freedom and and what what it means to you this week. And then also connected to that topic, I have, I read a couple of articles, which I will link to in the Everyday Magic classroom for you to read also, but I read a couple of articles recently about the concept of white space in one's life and the... So white space in design work or you know book layouts or newsletter layouts or blog posts or or paper writing is the the uh, quote unquote blank space around the image or around the the text or or et cetera, but it's not really blank space because it is the existence of this white space that allows the other images, the other words to really have meaning and to have value. If the whole entire page was filled with text wall to wall and there were no margins on the page or if all the pictures were crammed together in a giant montage of photos, there would be no white space in which to consider the 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 images or the words individually and it would destroy, it would actually destroy the design or the context of the words. And so the white space is a balancing and it also allows that what else is on the page to be, to have meaning and to be visible. And so it's necessary and uh, so the articles that I read were about the concept of white space in your own life so if your life is over cluttered your life is overbooked then you can't focus properly on on anything and it doesn't and nothing is able to stand out nothing is able to be brought forward in relief but instead it's all blended together in this blur of action and busyness and so the encouragement is to build more white space into your day and I have often, maybe because I am a writer and uh, so they're using, the, one of the articles is using the term kind of in relationship to graphic design instead and about preserving white space in your day and your week. Etc. For me, I've often spoken of preserving the margins. So, as a writer, it's like you have to have margins on your page, there has to be space on the edges of your text. And I have lamented to Mark at various times that i don't feel like i have enough margin and i will say like i need there's there needs to be more margin in the day and when i say it it's usually related to there needs to be more margin for change because if everything unfolds exactly the way as i expected and exactly the way i planned everything's great and i come out you know feeling awesome but if something unexpected happens or something changes that i wasn't planning for there's not enough margin sometimes for me to make the necessary adjustment to include that change and then I feel trapped and you know unable to spread my wings because something happened that I didn't expect and sometimes it can be as simple as you know just a phone call that derails it or the fact that I had to go to town for two hours to drop the kids off at a class and then by the time i got home there wasn't enough time for what i thought i was going to be able to do that day and it's simply because there's not enough margin built in and so i've been talking about this for a couple of i don't know what two years sometimes that my laments get tired because they're the same old same old but the margin concept has been helpful to me of how what can i do to build in more margins so that it's not just I have 15 minutes, and then I have to do the next thing. But how how can there be some leeway built in? So I like the white space concept. Maybe that sounds nicer than than uh, margin. And uh, but but each one is valuable. And uh, uh, so the articles that I, that I was reading were also talking about that time scarcity, and you're preoccupied with running out of time or not having enough time, and that. The sensation of time scarcity is like kryptonite for creativity. So there has to be, if we want an environment in our lives that nourishes our own imagination, or our own creative spaces, there has to be quiet counterpoints built into the daily rhythm. These white space times in which we can walk or meditate or journal or think or just lay down on the floor for a little while. And so it is uh, and it's up to you to define and to create and to claim what that white space is for you and i believe in the uh, when we spoke of daily practices a couple of weeks ago that a daily practice can form white space and can be part of that uh, for you as well but for me the change i've made in the in in the last couple of months is in simply getting up earlier and changing my daily schedule. And when we were at the beach, we naturally woke up early. I woke up before sunrise. And, um, and then we discovered that in waking up when you're self-employed and you work at home and there's no alarms and the kids don't go to school. So there's no, nobody has to get up for any specific purpose. That is, uh, You know, that can be liberating, that can be freedom, but it can also lead to sort of a, uh, what I've joked about as kind of a molasses day quality. We are sort of slowly like dragging along. And in the past several years, uh, sometimes in relationship to having young children or babies or disrupted sleep schedules, we have kind of gotten off to slow starts in the morning and kind of a... uh, I hesitate to say late because that 's relative that 's your own If your own rhythm is to get up at nine o'clock then that is when you get up that 's not late that 's when you that 's when you get up but but I also know that my own temperament uh, and when we spoke of that internal you know pace of your life, my own temperament is such that morning is Powerful time for me and it's and I'm inspired and creative and connected and excited and enthusiastic and then as the day wears on I kind of drag a little bit more and become less enthusiastic and inspired but in waking up or not getting going with the day until about 9 o'clock I lower my chances of having that that um, morning time for inspiration so we've started getting up much earlier and going to bed much earlier and the only thing that we have found is that it expands the amount of time in the day it doesn't take anything away to wake up earlier it doesn't we don't we have not lost anything by maintaining our beach schedule of getting up before sunrise or at sunrise we've lost nothing all we've gained is more white space more time for the things that we value and the things that restore our spirits and make us whole and and that give us a a rich foundation for which to begin our work of the day rather than feeling pressured and behind and time scarce. And so uh, I'm sure there's plenty of you who have different schedules and who get up with alarms or who have, um, you know, work workplace obligations that dictate the time at which you get up. But but for for me, that was the simple twist that was needed to increase the margins and to expand the white space and so there might be something in your life like that for you as well that isn't the type of adjustment that causes you any type of pain or discomfort but only helps you there might be something like that 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 just if you just made a little change that you would only be helped by it And so I wanted to, uh, to mention that as well, because it's been really the getting up at sunrise has allowed me that space to be down in the woods every day and to discover what there is to discover and to keep company with deer and crows and woodpeckers and squirrels that it's allowed that, that space to emerge and, uh, and I was also going to, uh, that since I mentioned to Crows, I was going to uh, share a brief little story, which is that I was driving the kids to a class in town, and I was feeling that time, that little bit of time pressure, as well as feeling like there's things I wanted to do that I haven't gotten to do with them. So there's you know, rituals that I haven't had, or magical experiences that I wanted to share, or or projects that I wanted to make and things like that and and uh and then ahead of me on the road there was two crow that just flew that flew down and they were had landed on the road and there was nothing actually there sometimes there's road killers and like that there was nothing on the road that I could see there was just these uh two crow had landed in the in the road and uh they flew away cuz the car was coming I, as I approached them and they flew away and I kind of heard or reminded myself like to be open to as much magic as possible at all times because this is it. This is what we've got. This is it. This is what we have. And so if we are open to as much magic as possible all the time, we will experience that. And if we are running and pressured and pushed and time scarce, that's what we'll have. But this is what we've got to work with. And there's magic all around waiting. It could just be the crows on the road it can just be paid, paying attention to the leaf shadows on the stone but there's so much there's so much around us and that's that's it this is it this is our this is what we've got and uh so i wanted to say that as well and then uh i had shared this uh, oh uh let me see there was a quote that I wanted to share on that topic from Genevieve Mitchell from, from Goddess Inc. And it was in a blog post at, at the Goddess Inc. blogs. And they published, Goddess Inc. publishes some really great books that I recommend, like Stepping Into Ourselves, a writing of, or an anthology of writing on priestesses, really great, and um, some other ones as well that are good. So she says... I fear our modern world does not honor our need for stillness in the midst of nonstop busyness. Can we learn to be still enough to embrace the inner self and all it contains? The inner self is calling for balance. Can we practice a wholeness that allows for silence, nature, and breath? My hope is yes. And the quote on balance is an appropriate time of year as we are entering the equinox, and this point of balance in the in the year between the um, seasons and between light and shadow and uh and i've referenced this before because balance comes up over and over and over again at this time of year in the messages and the rituals and the themes in the readings and Balance for me is like tree pose in yoga. So you find your center, and it's not perfectly equal. You're when you're in tree pose, when one leg is up and one leg is down. Uh, technically speaking, is that balanced? Because maybe more balanced would be both legs on the ground and both legs the same length and to be planted firmly. But really, it's about finding your center. And when you start to wobble in tree pose, a long, long time ago, my first yoga teacher who. It really was. It was a. It was 18 years ago that I took a yoga class, and and they would just say when you start. That person would just say when you started to wobble and think you were gonna fall over in tree pose. Would just say find your center, and saying that to myself instantly steadies me in tree pose. Find your center, and then suddenly I'm not wobbling around anymore. And I still use it. I still say find your center to myself. And so in balance in other areas of our lives, I think about balance like tree pose and yoga. So sometimes the weight of your life is positioned more heavily on one leg or the other, but you can find your center and stand strong anyway. So finding your center, regardless of uh, the appearance of balance to the outside world. And uh and that's that, there's that place of wholeness or place of inner stillness within that. So I wanted to end with another uh, little set of questions or experiences for you. And that was, I read in a, uh, an article in UU World, UU World Magazine that had a quote in it from Stefan Molyneux. And the quote is, be vulnerable, be open, and show your heart. That's the best way of telling your heart that the tigers are no longer in the grass. And so this quote reminds us that our tender places can be sources of strength. And uh, I was listening to Danielle Laporte speak uh, for this love and radiance meditation that I had uh, purchased from her. And she says at the beginning that one of the core features of spiritual teachers or learners or seekers of wisdom is, the, is softness and the ability to stay soft and to be soft. And so this quote reminds me of that too, like that vulnerability Softness and tenderness and openness is a source of strength and it is not something to shut down or run away from, but something to continue to open your heart over and over and over again, even when confronted with pain and anguish and hardness. And I was reminded of, I uh, do not teach in, uh, in a college setting anymore, but I taught on a in, um, I taught for a college for about eight years and I taught on a military base and uh, so I had a lot of students were either currently in the military or they were former military and uh, and I had marines in class and I had um, you know people from it, it, people in the army and people in the navy and uh A few people in the Air Force, but it was mostly Army and then uh, some Marines as well. And I actually had, you know, some Marines who are these, you know, who are groomed to be a specific, to approach life in a specific way. And I actually had more than one of them tell me that they were they had been made hard by their military experiences and that they needed to become soft again, that they were softening up, and that one of the reasons they took my classes was to help them get in touch with their own softness again. And I was, first of all, well, I was honored and humbled to hear that, and I was also so impressed with their ability ability to articulate or even recognize that that had happened to them, that they had become hard and that they were looking for a way to soften up and find softness in their lives again. And that's a vulnerability right there. So our tender places are a source of strength. So if you can just drop into your body again right now and feel, are you able to be vulnerable? And do you have a soft place to fall in your life? Are there tigers that your heart is worried about? And do you have the courage to be vulnerable? Have you been soft and tender and been wounded and yet stay tender anyway and I, I wrote about this online and, and shared it in a picture but when i i was I read this quote and when I was taking the a picture to go with it, my cats had followed me down to the woods, and they were twining around on the rocks above where i'd set my little goddess to take a picture and um, i saw them there and i was trying to frame the pictures so that they wouldn't be in it and then i thought oh my goodness these are the tigers (laughs) you know because the cats are felines as well and so i what i thought as i took the picture was that sometimes there are tigers still in the grass so that question of telling your heart that the tigers are no longer in the grass sometimes they are there and they're lurking on the rocks right above your head And we have to be tender anyway. And we have to risk loss and pain and criticism and defeat anyway, even if the tiger's right there on the ledge above your head. And uh, there's there's still room and it's brave to be tender. So that's what I wanted to share. And uh, that, uh, so a whole bunch of things, <laughs> some freedom, some tenderness, some courage, some lessons from the crows in the road. And I was going to close with a little snippet from Patricia Monaghan in her Seasons of the Witch book. And it is, um, every branch has budded before, has flown into leaf and then blanched into fall. But I'm new in my bones when I choose. I'm blood young again. I rise fresh as washed granite from foam. I love whom and when I choose. Here I stand, pomegranate in hand, ripe as a bud but old, old as rock, unshakable now, a power essentially free, female and free. So... This week, may you spread your wings. May you, be, may you have the courage to be soft and tender and open. And may you be new in your bones. Thank you so much. Many blessings to you. continue exploring more topics and practices like this, I would love to invite you to join me in the Goddess Magic Community on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash goddess magic. The Goddess Magic Community is a goddess-centered devotional space and a crucible of creation. In it, we explore everyday magic, ordinary mysticism, self-precessing, daily practice, and seeing the sacred in the everyday. We also claim our own magic, claim our own power, inhabit our own wisdom, and step in to our lives in full.